The following audio is from Maple City Baptist Church in Chatham, Ontario. For more information about Maple City, please visit us online at maplecitybaptistchurch.com. Let's begin this morning. Let's, let's open with a word of prayer and then we will review from last week and then start this week. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this morning. Oh, Lord, there's so many things swirling around in, in our heads this morning. It, it just seems like Sundays at times can be so chaotic and, and crazy. Um, Lord, help us to remember this morning why we've gathered together. Um, it's to worship you. And I pray, Lord, that, that even now we have a spirit of worship as we look to your word, as we look at your truth, um, for the service to follow communion tonight, Lord, that Jesus would be exalted. Lord, give us your wisdom. Help us to be transparent, honest, and open. Lord, Lord we thank you that you love us. Um, in spite of us. You know all about us, and yet your love is faithful, and we thank you for that. Help us now to be good believers as we trust your Spirit to guide and direct our lives. Help us to be good men and women, fathers and mothers and grandparents, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Let me just review quickly from last week, and I, and I do mean quickly. Uh, we were Last week was the second lesson on gospel-powered powered parenting. We just said that our goals would be to be instruments in God's hands for actively bringing up our children according to biblical principles. Again, reminding all of us that we have been entrusted with living souls. To see the magnitude of that, that uh, those little children that are in your home uh, will spend an eternity in one of two places. And it is imperative for us to understand that and to live out our faith in front of them. Um, I, I want to tell you something. Uh, when we first came here, and, and we just left a, an established church, we had a Christian school, um, it was good. And, and our struggle is, what, what do we do with our kids, right? I mean, we, we did the homeschool thing for a year, and um, and I were just not teachers like that. Um, it's really hard for people who can do it. It's great that they can do that. For us, it was really hard to differentiate between school and home. So if they're bad at school all day, uh, then it's like, oh, you're coming home, and I'm still angry with you because you have a, you had an attitude in school today, right? It was hard for us. And then we sent them out to Christian school for a, a year and did that transition. And then we were thinking about sending them across the street. We had a good relationship with the principal. They said, Rick, send the kids over. We'll make room for them. He went on and on. Um, but someone told us that if we sent our kids to public school, they, it would destroy them. That's what they said. And we had heard that from other people, too. We were, we were afraid of that. But i got to tell you something. The longer I live and the more I see, what destroys our kids are our own homes. When there's hypocrisy there. When we're not living out our faith. And so, understand that. We, we have to live out our faith in front of them. Uh, it must ba- be based on God's view of man, not on psychology, right? Um, psychologists tell us lots of different things, but they never tell us that we are bent for evil. We are born sinners. We are sinners by nature and sinners by choice. If you don't know, this is AJ and Claire. AJ is my son. Claire is my daughter-in-law, all right? And, they, and that's very nice. Claire wants to be right in front of me. That was good. <laughs> trying to get brownie points, all right? We shouldn't have to do that, okay? And so it must be based on God's view that we are fallen sinners. We must deal with the hearts. And again, um, understanding that our kids are sinners just like we are helps us, okay? I don't have to be embarrassed or mortified when they do something wrong. I expect my kids to do wrong. And they have never disappointed me, okay? Really. And it's better to be that way. Some parents, you, you want to act as if your kids do nothing wrong, but, but it, it's a delusion. It's not even biblical. And so when, when people confront you with that, we don't, no one likes to hear it, right? It's like, oh, and we are embarrassed or whatever. But, but listen, they're sinners. 
And it's an opportunity to, and we'll talk more about this, I think, today and maybe next week, but to minister grace to them. We must deal with the heart. Then we said uh, this parenting goal is based on God's directions to parents. Uh, someone look at Ephesians 4, or 6, 4. We'll get that this morning. And then while someone's turning there, would someone just get 1 Corinthians 10, 31? We'll be there in just a moment. But, but I get, this next two sections will be based on Ephesians 6, 4. Someone there? And ready, raring to go. Ephesians 6, 4. Eric, are you there, brother? Go ahead. All right, so we, we talked last week about bringing them up. We cannot be passive. We must be active, okay? If our children are like we are and they're bent for, towards sin, right, to be passive just means that we're just letting them do whatever they want to do, and it's sinful. We have to bring them up. We have to train and instruct them. There is no place for passive parenting. And we said this last week, and this is where we'll stop and get to the new stuff, but um, if we are passive parents, we begin making excuses, and here are the excuses. Uh, this is just a stage. They're, they're going to pass out of this uh, or pass through this. Uh, and and there's, there is a sense that that's true, um, but if you never direct it toward the heart, then they will pass through that stage, but they'll still have a selfish, wicked heart that you never dealt with or an arrogant, prideful heart that you just excused, right? There are stages, but every stage presents an opportunity for us to deal with our hearts, and, and that's what we must do. Or we blame circumstances. If, if, you know, if all those bad kids weren't around my special Eddie, then special Eddie would be good. Um, be careful with that. We just want to take them out of one situation from the next. You've got to learn about dealing with those circumstances. Sickness, well, they're not feeling well. And so they're sick, and so it's okay that they smacked their mom in the face because they're just not feeling well. And if you think these are exaggerations, go to Walmart on Monday morning, okay, and just walking up and down the aisles. I'm telling you the truth. You see this and you hear this. Um, and I've got to tell you, when you see it, in my life now, I'm never upset with the children. It's the parents. It's like, are you that foolish um, that you are a punching bag for your child? Um, it wasn't intended to be that way. I remember watching the nanny shows, and they always frustrate me, but I realize people didn't know how to raise their kids. And I remember this one episode where a mother was cowering by a toilet seat up in her bathroom, and her three-year-old was yelling and screaming and kicking her. And she was crying, stop it, stop it. I can't fathom that, right? But I see it all the time. You can't be a passive. You cannot make excuses for that behavior. It's not healthy. And we even talked last week about disorders. Um, we, we touched ADD, ADHD, and talked about the fact that we are not against medication. There are times it's needed. But if that's all you put your money on is the medication, you've not dealt with the structure in that child's life. Okay? And we have to do that. Um, whether it's, it's ADD, whether it's depression or anything else that we might need medication for, we still have to deal with real life and say, okay, what can I put in my life to help me with some guidelines and some structure there? And then we said when we're passive, often it's because of our own sins, we're lazy, all right? Too many lazy parents, okay? And I'm, I'm ta I know it's, it's easy just to ignore stuff. It's not healthy. It's not right. Um, we have this idea we can sweep things under the rug, and you can do that. But after a while, you've got a mound of stuff under that carpet, right? And you can't do that. You, you've got to deal with it. We're lazy or we're too busy getting ahead. We're too busy in ministry that we talked about last week um, or with our hobbies. Or we lie to ourselves that our kids would never do that. Um, when I get reports, and here's how cynical I am about my own kids. When, when one of the boys would come home from school and tell me some teacher had a hard time with them or some kid picked on them, my first response was, okay, what did you do? Okay, right? Right, okay. 
Um, and you can ask him. He, this is evidence right here. It was, okay, wait a minute. I, I hear you, and remember, there are always three sides. Their side, uh, the other person's side, and the truth. Okay? And so we all have this, this uh, propensity to put ourselves in the best light, right? Both ways. I really laid into him. I told him. It's like, no, you didn't, right? We do that, so don't lie to yourself. Don't think it's cute. The best advice we're ever given by in-laws, no one thinks your kids are as cute as you do. Okay? And the guy at the restaurant taking his wife out for dinner and your kids at the table throwing mashed potatoes at him, he doesn't think your kid's cute at all. Trust me, I didn't. Okay? So, then we said from last week the execution of God's direction. And here we're going to talk about discipline and instruction. And what I want to do today is I just want to put a hold on that thought. And I want to present... Um, as we enter in discipline and instruction, which is a huge category about training, about correcting, um, I want to talk today about um, balance, okay? And, and uh, balance in keeping the right motivation, balance in keeping the right focus, and then balance... No, that doesn't make sense. In keeping balance. What does your sheet say? Oh, it does. Keeping the right balance, focus. Oh, okay. I don't know what I'm talking about. Parental challenges, all right, in, in the right motivation, the right focus, the right balance. Okay, so here's the first thing. We must make sure that we keep um, the right motivation. We have a tendency to be um, outcome-oriented or outcome-based. If this works, it's good. But God is far more concerned about the heart of the parent and the child, okay, than just your methodology. And, and we can't get away from that. What we're talking about here is really gospel-centered parenting. Well, I, I understand the gospel, the ramification it has in my life and the lives of my children. And so we want to be concerned about the heart. So we must distinguish this morning, is this letter A, keeping the right motivation, um, between uh, right and wrong motivations. Number one, between pleasing God or pleasing ourselves. Someone read 1 Corinthians 10.31 if you're there. Someone there already? Okay, and, and this is really important for all of us this morning. Our lives are to reflect God's glory. No matter what we do, it's, it's to glorify God. It's not about us. And, and we live in a culture today that's all about us. We, we make it about us. When something happens, the first thing we think is, how does it affect me? Okay, but we do all things for God's glory, pleasing God instead of pleasing ourselves. And, and there are a lot of things we do in child rearing that have nothing to do about pleasing God, but has everything to do about pleasing ourselves, okay? Uh, let me give you a couple examples of this. Um, when your child and my child disobeys, um, the problem is not my own happiness, okay? Um, and when we think this, okay, the kid's acting up, it's like, okay, wait a minute, what about my quiet time? What about my break? What about the show that I want to watch, right? And what's happened is the, the attention now is not about God's glory and, and his honor, what I'm supposed to do there. Now this kid has interrupted my time and my space, and they are an interruption. Uh, and that's dangerous. Uh, discipline is just an inconvenience. And I've got to tell you something. And, and, and when I use the word discipline, I mean to train and to instruct them. It is not an inconvenience. It is an opportunity to mold and shape that child for the glory of God. And, and that'll change our attitude as we think about that, okay? For some of us, something happens, our kids are acting up all day. It's like, I don't deserve this. Right? Right. It's all about us, you see. Um, or we have these mommy and daddy meltdowns, okay? You've got to be careful. 
It's not about you. Don't make it about you. Your life and my life is for God's glory. And as we raise our kids, we've got to make a difference between pleasing God and pleasing ourselves. There is a lot of self-sacrifice involved in raising your children. The truth is there's self-sacrifice involved in Christianity. Jesus said, pick up your cross. Okay? And, and, and we, we don't think of it like we should in first century. The cross was a sign of death. And the disciples understood that. You are dying to self. And, and part of our biggest problem is we want to please ourselves and not God. It's selfishness. It's evil. And it has terrible consequences for our children. If, if I'm supposed to be mirroring the gospel to them, th- then I'm messing it up because it's never about me. It's always about God's glory. So we have to make a difference to, to understand the right motivation between pleasing God and pleasing self. Um, and I mean this. And I know it's hard to see when they're two or three years old and you've got four or five of them in the house, but listen to me. When they act out and when they do something wrong, if we can see it as an opportunity of grace, I know that's difficult. But I'm going to tell you something. It'll change your whole attitude as you deal with them. If you can see that problem as they are revealing their heart to you and it is not good, don't say, why me? Say, okay, Lord, here we go. This is an opportunity to instruct this child and to point them to the gospel. I'm going to tell you something. It'll make a difference in the way you view discipline and training and instruction. It becomes uh, a challenge and an opportunity instead of a nightmare. Kim? The beauty of the whole thing is, well, um, when our kids come to us at those most inconvenient times and where we feel like, oh my goodness, this, I don't want to deal with this right now, um, we have a Heavenly Father who's going to his own child ourselves and chipping away things in our life. And so it's an opportunity for us to grow in him, of course, and teach your child a lesson in at the same time. Exactly right. And I've got to tell you something. You want to talk about the sanctification process. And we have these ideas about, you know, God is sanctifying me and he's making me more like him. And, and sometimes we fall in this trap to think that the sanctification process is, you know, me being cloistered away somewhere by myself so I can read my Bible and pray and be, have hours and hours and hours of just me and God time. Some of the biggest areas of sanctification in your life will be in marriage. Right? when you realize that you're selfish, really selfish, you get away with it when you're on your own. You can excuse it. You can walk into another room, but not when you're married. You see you're exposed. And when you're raising your children. Because what they do is expose in your heart that you are impatient, you are unkind, you are selfish, you are lazy, you are mean. And what God is doing through them is saying, (coughs) I'm talking to you now, right? And so it's, it's important. God is using all these things. And when we see things for his glory, it makes real sense in our lives. Okay? Does that make sense? Questions, comments, problems, confessions? Joanne? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, that's, and, and this is Christian life, right? They absolutely do. When you come home and cry and complain and then you fought with everybody. I mean, all of it is. And, and this is our, the problem in our society. I'm not going to start preaching a message on this, but... The fact is, your Christianity ought to permeate every aspect of your life. And if you're just showing up on Sunday with a plastic smile on your face, and Monday through Saturday is a different world, you are giving your kids a bad understanding of what this is all about. And, and I'm not talking about perfection, right? Nobody's perfect. Man, I, there are times we were asking our kids last night, because we have them all together, right, and saying, okay, where were some areas that we blew it? 
And Kim was asking. I was like, don't ask him those questions. I want to know those things. What's he doing? I don't want to be that transparent tonight. Let's have a good time, man. All right. Um, but there have been times in my life I've had to apologize to my kids. The way I treat their mom, what I said to them, how I treated them, right? Um, and so this is all a work of God. And if I can see it for what it is, Christ who is our life, right? It, it's not just Christ who I, you know, I do some on Sunday morning and then the rest of the week I'm whoever I want to be. It permeates every facet of our life. And if we forget that, we're at a disadvantage. We have to remember and, and, and be careful. Um, balance between the right and wrong motivations, pleasing God, pleasing self. Number two, between pleasing God and pleasing other people. Now listen to me. And the kids' grandparents are here. You can't raise your kids to glorify the grandparents. You just can't, right? And i got to tell you something. There will be things that, that you will do in your family that, that the grandparents will not agree about. I, I'm sure mom and dad have things that they looked at our lives and they saw, you know what, I wouldn't have done it like that. I wouldn't have dealt with them like that. I would have let that go, right? But, but we're not living to please them, okay? And grandparents are funny, too. You know how they get weird? Like the, the, I mean, they raise kids, right? And, and when they raised, when my parents, when they raised me, my dad was a different person. Come grandkids, like, who is this guy? This is not my father. My father never acted like this. He never liked children, right? And like, oh, I love kids now, right? And, and everything's okay. So it, it's skewed, right? And, it, it's just, and that's what grandparents do, right? They're just sweet and they're loving. They're grandparents. They're not, they're, so sometimes. And so um, you, you can't live to please other people. There will be times in your family when you make decisions, and if you're, if you're searching Scripture and trying to be right on this, that, that other people won't understand why you're doing what you're doing. And hopefully you are seeking to please God and you know the hearts of your children well enough that you're making the right decisions. Okay? So um, don't please others, please God. Um, this, this is, and this is part of this, this class, right? Teaching class, you think, oh, pastor, if you, you know everything and just follow my lead and do what I did. No, I don't want you to do that either. Don't look at some family and say, okay, they had family devotions every Tuesday at 7 o'clock, so we're going to have family devotions every Tuesday at 7 o'clock. Okay? Or this was their rule for TV. They didn't watch TV Monday through Friday and Saturday an hour, so we're going to do that. That's the right thing to do. Or this is what they do with their kids' schooling. And, and look, what, don't do that either. Don't do that either. I think sometimes, especially in ministry, we have this idea that if we can draw these big black lines and this is, you know, just do all these things, it makes it real simple. But it's not the best thing to do. You have to say, God, what is it that you want me to do with my family? How, how, I know them. They're in my care. You've, they're like me. I know how you deal with me. How should I deal with them? What's best for our family? Um, don't set someone up as, you know, whether it's growing kids God's way or the pearls or, or, or trip or anybody else. Good advice. But we, we have to make sure that we please God and not other people. Um, no cookie-cutter Christians. God doesn't operate that way, right? We are all different. We are all unique. So is your family, so are your children. And so you've got to please God when it comes to dealing with them. Okay? And then finally under this category, uh, we have to understand the difference as far as uh, keeping the right motivation between trust and fear. Trust and fear. Um, here's what I used to think. I used to think, you know what? If I mess up in this one area of raising my kids, I will ruin their lives. And they will be ruined forever. Can I tell you something? It's much harder to ruin your kids than you think. Think about your parents. 
My dad and mom, they were kids. My mom was 16 when she had me. My father was 19. They had no clue on what they were doing. None. And, and they weren't really concerned about it. It's just like, okay, this is where we're at. They did some really dumb things. And can I tell you something? My mom raised three boys on her own, and, and she, she was working a job. She, we came home. We cooked for ourselves. And, you know, I, I'm seven, eight years old making dinner, okay? Um, I think I'm okay. I, I'm not on a psychiatrist's couch, I, right? I, I, maybe I should be at times, but I'm not, okay? It, it's much harder to ruin your kids than you think, okay? And on the same token, it's much harder to stamp, you know, perfection. They're going to make it by what you do. You've got to trust God. You have to trust Him. You can't live in fear thinking, oh man, I did this and I really blew it with my kids and now they're warped forever. It, it doesn't work that way. Trust that God will work um, even in our mistakes, even in our stupidity. Kim and I were talking the other day and, and she reminded me of this. Um, every kid you raise, you're raising for the first time. It, it's not just the firstborn. You know, the firstborn's like, what, what are we doing? But the second kid comes along, it's like, okay, we're not going to do that. The kid's all right, don't worry about it. By the time the third one comes along, you don't even care about the kid. It's like, oh, they'll sleep, they'll, they'll be potty trained. It, it, don't worry about it. And it turns out okay. And I don't know what you do after four or five. I, I, don't, I don't know how that works, all right? But they're all different. And you just have to trust God, that God knows that he can work regardless of our situation, regardless of our mistakes, okay? Um, we've got to trust him. You don't have to do this thing in fear. You, you don't. And, and even when you get to the stage where you start raising teenagers, sometimes like, oh no, they're, they're teenagers. What am I going to do with these kids? You should enjoy them. And you should look forward to, to raising teenagers with the challenges and the blessings um, and the heartaches and the problems that come along with that. But don't be, be fearful. That's not, that spirit's not from God. Okay? So, so that's the right balance. That's this, this motivation. Trust versus fear. Any questions on that? Comments? Okay, the second one is this, um, keeping the right focus. Keeping the right focus. Would someone look at Matthew 22, 37 through 40? Matthew 22, 37 through 40. And I'm sorry, that's not on your paper. That should be. Matthew 22, 37 through 40. When we, when we enter next week into this idea of discipline, instruction, correction, we've got to keep this balance um, and understand, keep the right focus. And then the first point is, it is not complicated. Matthew 22, verses 37 through 40. Someone there? Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment, and the second and second thou shalt love thy God as well. One... On these two commandments, they the law and the prophets. Okay. Hey, Jesus comes along. The Pharisees had over 600 commandments, over 600 to keep. And they had commandments to keep the commandment to keep the commandment to keep the original commandment. And it's crazy. And Jesus said, let, let me break it down for you. Let me give you two. Love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Listen to me. Don't complicate this. You cannot legislate um, holiness in the heart of, of a child. And when you think, I'm going to add all the rules I can to protect them and to guide them and to lead them, you're going to frustrate those kids. It's not meant to be that way. Keep it simple. 
kiss, right? Keep it simple, silly. Okay? Just keep it simple. And again, I'm not, don't, oh, that's what pastor, but listen, we came to this conclusion early on, and we said, we said, there are going to be three rules in our home. Just three. Okay? And, and three is not the perfect number. I'm just telling you this. I know my kids, right? And my wife, and we know them, and we know ourselves. And here were the three rules. AJ, do you remember what they were? No hitting. You, you, weren't allowed, you just weren't allowed to. And, and I raised three boys. Listen to me. My oldest two can count on one hand the times in our home, maybe at college it was different, but in our home that they physically grabbed each other, pushed each other. Okay? Right? Two. Two times. Okay? My boys aren't sissies. They're not pansies, right? They play football. They're not like, oh, don't touch me. Then. Okay? They're, <laughs> right? They're not. They're just not. They're men. They're, 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 they're manly kids, right? Not just, because they're dead, of course. They're manly kids. Um, they're not wimps. But, but the idea was, we're not going to have, because here's, a, listen, and you, you better understand this. And I'm getting a little ahead of myself for next week, but you are raising sons and daughters who will be husbands and wives. And if you allow your kids to deal with stuff by grabbing and pulling and pushing, you are not helping them deal with reality later on. Do you want your daughter to have a husband who the way he controls himself is to grab them by the hair, smack them in the face? Or, or the other way around, a woman who's out of control and she, well, she doesn't like she starts pushing and screaming and yelling? We're thinking about the big picture, okay? So, so that, the rule was no hitting. And I'm telling you something. Well, how do you do that? You make the consequences for hitting each other worse than trying to deal with it on their own. Okay? And it, it works. It, it worked. Okay. What was number two? No direct disobedience. That covers everything. That's a really tricky one because that's like that covers that's everything. Okay. Okay. That that, that we could really only have one, and that would be it. No direct disobedience. And, and what it means is this: when I tell you to do something, your mom tells you to do something, you got to do it. There, there's we're not negotiating at two years old, right? Please, sweetheart, if you'll do this, I'll give you that that that. No, you don't do that. You don't reason like that. It's like, honey, go clean up your toys. What I tell you, clean up your toys. And, and we get to the point where we said, the most important voice that you hear is mine or your mother's. And, and, and it's direct, direct, no direct disobedience. And number three, no lying. And this is big. This is really big. No lying. And I tell you something, and here's the reason. Because, and there's a couple. Number one, you can't help a liar. You, 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 what'd you do? Well... And, you know, you, and you know, hearing, wow, and their eyes are thinking about, and the story keeps on. You, you can't help a liar because you're never dealing with the problem. It's, it's always someone else's fault. I didn't do it. Someone else made me do it. You, you can't deal with a liar, and, and nor can God. We lie to ourselves. And we excuse ourselves. How's God going to deal with us? Right? And number two is, when you let them lie, you embolden them to lie more because it works listen to me parents you know this there are times when you deal with your kid and you know they're lying oh you know it it's like that's how I used to look and you will have a tendency when you know they're lying to ignore it because it's easy it's really easy but I'm telling you something when you do that you have emboldened that child to, to think this works I got away with something Mom and Dad don't know, and I'm going to do it the next time. You, this is true. One of the greatest lessons, and you've heard it, but I'm going to tell it again, the greatest lessons for David. 
was we were on the back porch years ago. He's just a kid. I don't know, maybe five, four. Greg told this funny story about his teacher, and it was hilarious. We're all sitting on the back porch. We had company. My, my in-laws were there, and another couple was there. And we're on the back porch, and, and Greg told this hilarious story, and we all laughed. And then David came out and told the exact story, but he changed the, <laughs> the, the names. But it was the exact story. It was, and it was a big, whopping, hairy lie. So then we're all the family there. Right? It's like, and everyone just sort of said, oh, that's interesting. And everybody, everybody knew he was lying. Everybody. And so... We had a choice, and, we, and it would have been really easy. It was a picnic kind of environment. We were all having a good time. It was just stupid. He was like four years old. And, and, I, and it, it would have been easy to let it go. And Kim and I just looked at each other. It's like, mm. David, can you come in the house for a second, sweetheart? Hey, Dave, you just lied. <laughs> right? Now listen to me. You say, well, that's good, Pastor. He admitted, but listen to me. Here's where the difference came. When we said, you're going to go back outside, and you're going to tell everybody on the front porch, you just lied. Now listen, it was embarrassing. It was humiliating. He did it. And, and David still lies. We, we all lie, right? But I want to tell you something. That changed his attitude about telling a story. You better believe the next time he told the story, he thought, wait a minute. Oh, how accurate is this, right? Do it in your own life. You tell a lie to someone, go back and tell them, hey, I'm sorry, I just lied to you. How humiliating is that? But if you want victory, it works. I had to call someone and say, you know, I told you that's not right. I've done that. It's like, yeah, the fish was only this big. All right? Okay. Keep it simple. Keep it simple. Number two, uh, number one, not confident. Number two, there are a variety of ways to apply biblical truth. All right? Um, and understand, that's what I'm talking about. We have freedom in this area. There are things that are commanded. We don't even argue about that. When the Bible says these things, they're done. There are other areas that are great issues. And our church spent a lot of time talking about this. Dan did a great job explaining this in one of our series. There are areas that are great. But we're commanded to, to treat people in love and deference and preferring one another. Um, and other than that, um, there are a variety of ways to apply biblical truth. It's not just one way. Okay? You have to have wisdom and discernment and understand the difference between a Bible command and a suggestion or application. I can give you suggestions. They're not Bible commands. Okay? If you're a Bible command, it's a Bible command. If it's a suggestion, there are ways to apply that. Okay? Right? So, understand that. Number three, by keeping your focus as we enter into this training and instructing, there are no quick fixes. None. It doesn't exist. There are no quick fixes. Parenting is a multifaceted relationship that lasts a lifetime. Okay, you're dealing with a problem. It's not like, oh, that problem's done. We're good. Well, this never, that's not the case. It is an ongoing, lifelong commitment. The heart of the issue takes time and effort. It, we're in it for the long haul. And be in it for the long haul. Listen to me. I, I, don't, I think we fail to realize the, the, the great power of longevity and investing in the lives of people. Just now, after this is, we're going into our 13th year, just now, I'm beginning to see real fruits and blessing because of longevity. Because people here know we're invested. I'm not going, I'm not looking for, this is, this is, we're here for the long haul. It's the same with our kids, man. You have to let them know we're in this for the long haul. And, and we're going to, by God's grace, help mold and instruct you into the man or woman God wants you to be. Yes, Mark. For a four and six year old, I've noticed that if there are quick fixes to be 
Absolutely. Yes, that's right. And it, it says, what's that? You're good, that's right. I got it covered, but, but it's so true, Mark, it, and, and we see it, and, and you listen, and, and here's insanity, keep on doing the same thing, expecting different results, right? You have to be in for the long haul, and listen, it doesn't, that's how God deals with us. I mean, there are times where drastic, oh man, that's, but the truth is, for most of us, God is molding and chipping and, and working our lives, and he's conforming us to the image of his son. Quick fixes don't work in anything. You know, hey, I got the deal of a lifetime. You'll be a millionaire. Yeah, I don't think so. It's, it's the same with raising your kids. Quick, be in it for the long haul. Um, yeah, if the problem is like, oh, it's good. I'm good now. Eh, no, 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 no. You're just playing, I'm good now. I'm fine, fine, fine. That's, that's a problem. They're revealing their heart, right? So no quick fixes. Thank you, Mark. Uh, number four, understand the, the limitations of our influences. Um, I cannot control the results of my parenting efforts. And I think sometimes we, we, we put this all on ourselves. Like, if I just do all these things, my kids will turn out right. I'm telling you, there's some good godly men and women who've done all the right things. And ultimately, their kids decided, you know what? I, don't, I want to do my own thing. It happens. Matter of fact, the first time it happened was in the Garden of Eden. So don't be beating yourself up saying, ah. Oh, now listen, you ought to be trying to do the right things. Kim and I came to this conclusion a couple of years ago. We said to ourselves, listen, if our children at this point decide to do something else, we will in good conscience say, we have tried our best. We have failed. We're not perfect. But we've tried our best to live consistently in front of them. And if they do something now, it's on them. And I'm telling you that while my kid's sitting here. I'm, I'm telling you. It, and they know that. Um, you, you can ask my sons about my Christian faith. And I believe they would tell you, what you see in here is what you see at home. It's true. And I'm saying that because I'm, I'm in, within cr- striking range. All right? All right? No hitting. That's not between Greg and I. Yeah, not between him and I. All right? But ultimately, the child's responsible, right? And there are good godly men and women who raise kids, and you know what? For whatever reason, the kid just doesn't get it, and, and God is still working in their hearts and lives. Um, we have limitations. We do the best we can. That's what we all do. You, you do the best you can, then. Ask God for his help and strength. And you trust him for the consequences or the results. Eric? At one point, we our hands and Absolutely. A- A- Eric, that's ex- there, there comes a point when it's like, I can't do anything anymore. God, they're yours. And sometimes it's a scary prayer for us to pray, but it's needful. God, you're going to have to deal with this kid now. I'm doing everything I can. And, and, and ultimately, they're going to give an account for themselves. And here's the deal, right? No one's going to stand before God and blame their parents. Nobody. Lord, I would have loved you, but my mom was crazy. My dad was insane. And God's going to say, I'm talking about you. What about you? I gave you my spirit. I gave you my word. I gave you opportunities. I showed you. I showered. I lavished my love upon you. What about you? So ultimately. And then finally, um, keeping the right balance. We'll just quickly go over these. I think you get it. And again, I'm, I'm just laying the foundation for next week. When we talk about correction, instruction, discipline, we've got to keep these things, we gotta keep these things right. These are the challenges we face. So keep the right balance with the external and the internal. Um, you've got to be careful majoring on controlling behavior without looking at the heart. Okay? Um, I have an example written down here. It says the, the toy thing. Um, not just taking turns with their toys. Now, take turns. I know that was yours, but he wants to now take turns. It's dealing with the heart now. 
and, and teaching your children, wait, the Bible talks about in love preferring one another. It's about giving up yourself. How about right now you just give the toy up? How about you please God in this? You see, and, and when you hear things like this, you, you know this. You can't do this if you don't know the Word of God. You can't help your children grow in the gospel or direct them toward the gospel if you don't know how God's Word applies to you, right? And you're not dealing with your heart and those issues and, and being honest and transparent saying, God, okay, listen, I'm really selfish and I'm coming home from work and I want my wife to, to, to please me and to, to, you know, to my feet are up and make me dinner and, and leave me alone and no. It, it's like, wait a minute, God, I'm going home now as a man or a woman and help me to be a servant to my family. Help me to forgive, to get rid of myself. Help me to, right? You've got to know these things. And so be careful. Um, you've got to balance between the external. You've got to deal with the external. You have to. But so help me, if you, if you deny or reject or ignore the internal heart, you will raise a Pharisee, and you'll raise a good one. The Pharisees didn't disappear in the first century. They're alive and well. And we better be careful. You want to raise them. There, there is nothing, you know this, there's nothing uglier than self-righteousness. It is ugly, ugly, repulsive. We hate it. God hates it. Balance between the external and internal. Always go to the heart. When in doubt, go to the heart, man. Go to the heart. Go to the heart. Number two, balance between freedom and responsibility. Don't give your children too much freedom too soon. It's a bad idea. Oh, you're 15? Here are the keys to the car. Go and have a good time. Right? No, there should be a balance between responsibility and freedom. Right? Um, when they come home from school, they should have, it's not like, I'm going to watch cartoons the rest of the night because that's what I want to do. No, wait a minute. Go clean your room, do some chores, help with the dishes, right? Balance those things out. You are helping them to be good men and women. To understand, it's a character. It's character. And, and again, please, look to the future. Don't look just for now. You're raising a man or woman to be a lazy dog or self-indulgent, okay? Balance the freedom and responsibility. Number three, balance friendship and authority. Do not start raising your children as their buddies. I'm your buddy. No, I'm your dad. I'm your mom. And here's what happens if you do this right. As they grow into adulthood, the friendship grows, right? I have a friend. AJ's my friend. He's my son, right? But we have a friendship now, okay? It's a good thing. But when he was two years old, I wasn't his buddy. When he was 13, I wasn't his buddy, all right? Well, at 17. It morphed when he got married. Like, okay, this kid's okay now. I'm done with him, right? Um, so, so it, and I understand this. You want your kids to be your friends. You, you, you want relationship, but it comes over time. You're not their buddy at first. You're their parent. God didn't, if God wanted them to have buddies, he would have been born with buddies. They're born with parents. With parents, okay? So, free, um, friendship and authority, uh, it comes in time. And here's what happens. When they're young, it's authority, man. And as they get older, the authority wanes and the friendship grows. That's how it goes. But you can't do it when they're three. Because okay? then when they're ten, you're still buddies. They don't care what you say. Right? Oh, we're buddies. I don't care. You're just like my friend. I don't want to talk to you anymore. Talk to the hand. Faith ain't listening, right? That's old, I know. But that's what it is. So I'm still cool, though. Yeah. All right. Number four. Number four, uh, keeping the balance between the, the major and minor issues, okay? And, and Jesus talks to the Pharisees about this. We'll actually make reference not to this exact verse today, but the one in context, where he says, you Pharisees, you choke on a gnat 
and you swallow a camel. And for some of us, I'm telling you, you're making a big deal out of nothing. And you're letting the big things in life go. Hey, the kid who pushes his sister out of the way because he wants to wash his hands first, right? Um, compared to the kid who didn't wash his hands the right way because, you know, a little dirty. The bigger problem is the kid who pushed his sister out of the way. Not the kid with dirty hands, right? Um, You've got to be careful. Selfish, a selfish heart um, is the issue. Uh, grooming may not be. The kid just didn't wash his hands the right way, right? It's like spilled milk. When a kid spills milk, it's an accident. It's spilled milk, right? Be careful. Don't major um, on minor issues. Keep them separate. And then finally, uh, parents as a sole purpose compared to important as parenting as a sole purpose compared to important aspect. Listen, uh, parents, your parenting is important. It is important. I'm, I'm just telling you, it's important. But it's not the only thing in your life. Because can I tell you something? Eventually, those kids, if you do it right, will leave your home. And then you're left with a marriage. Okay? And you're left with your Christian life. So, so some people get so wrapped up in parenting, it's like, I, I'm you know, mommy's baby, and, and they go on and on like this. It's not all about parenting. It's important. But, but it's, such, it's much bigger than that. It's about you glorifying God in your own life as a man, as a woman, a Christian man and woman, as a husband and wife. And so we've we got to make sure that we keep these balances in those areas.